And I thought I had blocked it when I was a child. I came from a violent household and things were just, you know, I just tried to put that up. But I was never totally blocking it. So there was always someone talking to me. I just didn't know who that was. And, you know, what was interesting is when I started doing the massage work, working with a chiropractor, uh, as spirit works with us, um, when the student is ready, the teacher comes, and there was an elderly gentleman that came to get massage work. There was something about him that was so different. The, the white hair, the, the most crystal blue eyes I'd ever seen. So he's on the table, and he's telling me he has this shoulder problem. And I said, okay, I can do blah, blah, blah. And he said to me, no, we're going to do something different today. And I thought, I'm the massage therapist. You're trying to tell me how to do this work. So it took a while for him to convince me that he wanted me to place my hand above the area and feel the energy. And, and you know, finally, I, I stopped arguing with him. I was all humor this old guy, right? So I placed my hand above and I felt the discrepancy where the injury was. And he said, I want you to take your hand and move this energy around. And it was like so, it felt right but I didn't know what I was doing and then afterwards I looked at him and I said well who are you where did you come from and he just smiled at me and he goes I'm just a traveler and welcome everybody to haunting live podcast this week thank you so much for being here we greatly appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week uh, to haunting live podcast where we have a new guest to interview every week here in the paranormal field a different person different topic as we do this week but before we get to our guest this week i want to thank everybody so much for tuning in and watching our episodes over the past little while we really appreciate all the subscribes to our youtube channel recently we had noticed a lot of people checking out our new videos and things we posted, especially one of the recent videos that we just did uh, that is on Andrea Perron interview and she is known for The Conjuring House, the original family that used to own The Conjuring House in the movie. Uh, we got to talk to one of the former family members of the home and interview her. Uh, recommend that you guys go and check that out it's right now on our YouTube channel. Uh, but before we get to today's guest, I uh, just want to introduce her. She is Jennifer. She's going to be joining us today to talk about a very important topic that I don't think is talked about a lot in the paranormal field. A lot of people tend to focus on different things like investigation work, uh, mediumship, and stuff like that. But um, one thing that's not really talked about a lot is the other side of the normal grieving process when somebody passes. And that has a lot to do with what we do in this field. I think a lot of people don't focus on the natural things that happen when somebody passes away and the grieving process that one has to go through. It's fine to investigate. It's fine to do those 
cool things to try to communicate with the paranormal, communicate with spirit and energy work. Um, but I think it's also important to deal with things like uh, grieving and um, getting over that loss of a person or family member. And that's what we're going to be talking to about today. And Jennifer is an expert at that. So let's bring her on in today. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, Trevor. How are Hi. you doing? I'm great. I'm good. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I'm happy to be here. That's wonderful to have you as a grief counselor, something we haven't talked a lot about on the show here. And I think it's something that's very important to talk about in this field of the paranormal, something that's not really discussed a lot. Um, a lot of people tend to focus on things like mediumship, investigation work and stuff like that to try to communicate with spirit. But I think one has to get over the grieving process when somebody does pass away. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into the field of being a grief uh, therapist. Okay. Um, so, well, I'm, I was born a medium, same spirit. It was nothing. It was something I always did. Um, so I pretty much lived, I would say a normal life. Um, and I then went to school and became a licensed social worker. And I started working at the biggest hospital that we have here, um, in Southern California It's called general hospital, LA County general hospital. And there's a lot of trauma there. There's a lot of death there. And I just saw how huge the need is to have someone to work with people, to specialize and help people during the time of, of loss. And, and also to work with people who know they are dying, the flip side. So they know they're dying and, and to be by their side. Um, so that's something I've specialized in, um, in grief and trauma and loss for 18 years now. So I've worked in hospice, I've worked in palliative, uh, just one-on-one -on -one individual therapy, um, big hospitals. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's uh, my passion. I run support groups. I've been running grief support groups for probably 18 years. Was there something that connected you to that type of work in the first place? Was there something that happened in your childhood or as you were growing up that really connected you to, well, I want to help people get through the grieving process? You know, since I've seen spirit my whole life, my, my earliest memories were at two or three, I was seeing what I know now is spirit. At that time, I thought it was actually people. Um, so I've always known there is no death. I've always known there's more than the physical body. Sure of it, 150%, sure. So because I had that, I have that confidence, I thought I wanna help people um, during that time. And, and maybe I'm not gonna tell them my belief system, but maybe just me being there, being a witness, being there um, to provide comfort in any way that I can, maybe that can help them. But I think that's really what called, which really called me to do end of life work as a therapist is, is my, my knowledge that there is no death. Yeah, I think that's helped a lot of people as well get over things like somebody's a family member passing away is getting into this field of the paranormal and being able to understand, yeah, there is no end to it. It's just a continuation. You're just moving on to the next step. So. Um, how has that been for you then going through the process yourself? Have you had to go through a grieving process, obviously, in your own life? Um, what kind of experience did you have with that? 
I've lost um, grandparents and uncles and, and my first memory of a loss was my grandmother. And it's, I remember that I was looking for her everywhere in the room. Um, it was her funeral. Now I know I was six or seven. And I remember looking under the bed, looking in the closet because she was there. And at that time, I couldn't quite understand what was going on. Um, later, obviously, I was able to comprehend. But believe it or not, the biggest grief, the hardest grief I've ever had was when I lost the dog, my dog of 14 years. You know, I'm a dog mom. I don't have biological children. I only have dogs. And, and I raised her since she was a puppy. And when I lost her, I was devastated. And I knew, wow, this is the grief that I've been helping people with. This is the level of grief that I know other people have. So I purposely used what I, what I learned and what I've been using to help others on myself. Um, and, and then I expanded, okay, what, well, I'm also a medium. What else can, and so I combined everything I possibly could to help uh, work through grief. And I say work through grief because I don't think there's ever an end to grief. I think you're always going to be grieving your loved one because we want them here with us. But there is a way to learn to live with the loss day by day. And, and that's something that I feel um, we can all do. After we allow ourselves to really let it out, though, I think that's important to really feel the grief. So what kind of steps do you recommend people take then if something happens in their family? Like say they do lose their parent or a grandparent. Um, is there one area that's more difficult for somebody to work through or do you think it's all at the same level? Grief is very personal. So what is intense grief for me may not be intense grief for someone else. And, and, and you never know, a person can intensely grieve someone who um, wasn't as close, but they're grieving the loss of what they wish had happened. For instance, maybe they have a parent who they didn't get to know as well, you know, raise them, but then that parent passed and then now they're grieving the loss of the what ifs and of what they wished. So it's all very personal. Um, but what I recommend, no matter who you lose, is to feel it. And so every day for 30 minutes a day, and, I, and I, I'm serious, put like a timer and just let it out, release it, feel it, look at pictures, purposely um, remember. And slowly but surely, that intensity can release if you do that. Other, if you don't, what happens is it just gets like squished under deeper and deeper. And eventually, it will come out like a volcano, so to speak. Are there dangers then to keeping those kind of feelings and emotions bottled up? Like can those erupt into different kinds of happenings or outbursts or something if somebody does not let those out? Yeah, there is. Um, you could reach a point where someone can't even get out of bed or can't function at work. Anxiety becomes very high, panic attacks, um, depression. All sorts of things can come out of grief that is not expressed. Physical ailments, because our body, our bodies hold on to everything we feel. So our bodies can start to feel more stress and have more ailments um, just from a grief. Um, it, it's, it, grief is the hardest thing I truly believe that any of us will ever experience. Because it's out of our control, number one. 
there's there's nothing we can do to bring them back. There's nothing. And number two, it's your heart. It's your love. It, it's, you know, there's, there's losses and then there's loss. And, and so, and so that's what grief is. And, and it's just not talked about enough in society nowadays. You know, when you're at work, you're given three days off or maybe five days. Um, if they live far away, you cannot process grief in five days. You're still in shock. So, yeah. yeah, I totally agree with that as well. Like when you are working and stuff and they do give you time off because a close family member passes, I do believe it's three days you're right to only go through that process. That's gotta be difficult on anybody. Like never mind if you're it's your grandmother or if it's a closer member like a mother or father that passes away. Like how are you supposed to get over that or grieve through that process in just a couple of days? I think they understand that's impossible, but like, um, it's going to take a lot more than that. So are there steps that you recommend people go through? Do you have some kind of a guidance of like step process that you recommend people go through, like from the start to helping them get over things? Like when something does happen, do you say, okay, this is step number one, this is step number two that you can try. Do you have a formula for people or? Well, I, I try, I mean, everything doesn't necessarily work for everyone, but I will say start off with the 30 minutes a day grieving. So that's what I say, number one. Um, number two, I want people to, I teach people to meditate because when you meditate, um, you connect with you, your highest self, you can really start to feel that wisdom. And as you connect with your soul, then you start to understand how infinite you are. And then through that, believe it or not, then you, there's a connection to your loved ones. When, when, you, when you can feel that you will never die and then you start to feel that connection with everyone else. Um, but there's no shortcut to grief in the sense that you, it's gonna hurt. And so I do recommend like support groups. It's very, it, it's, it's beneficial to be around peers who are experiencing something similar. So if there is like, um, child loss, I, I, I always prefer that people go to support groups where people lost other children, um, spouses, it's nice to be around other spouses, um, just something like peer, peer support. It's also um, releasing grief from the physical body because our bodies hold on to everything. So meditation, yoga, um, and there's certain therapies like such as EMDR that help to literally release that blocked trauma from our bodies. So would you say something like then it's better for people to be in the familiar, be surrounded by things that they know and that comfort them during the time? I know it's good to have that. That's something that's just natural. But is it sort of a, from your point of view as a therapist, to recommend things to be more comfortable, to be more familiar to somebody that has had something happen to them? I, I think so. I think that... Um, well, you mean familiar meaning location or people? Uh, more like a people or object or even being around something that is familiar to them rather than being traveling or doing something. Well, maybe that's something for therapy as well. Maybe that person prefers to be um, out and about doing what's normal for them. But I mean, what do you recommend? It's better to be surrounded by familiar things when somebody passes away. So I always recommend that people do not do anything 
extreme for one year, no major changes for at least one year. So that means if, if you don't have to move, unless some people financially have to move if they lose a spouse and, and then things change financially, but try not to move, try not to change a job, try not to do as far as their loved ones clothing and stuff. I say, try not to do anything major even then because, 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 because a few things. Number one, um, our loved one's clothing or their, our, uh, uh, their shoes or their pillows, whatever, that's physical. And we can hold on to that and, the, and we can connect with them energe energetically because their energy is on the clothing. And it, so it, it really does comfort people. And also, of course, you're going to have those memories of seeing, seeing them in that shirt or holding on to their jewelry. So I always say, you know, don't do anything major for a year. Once it's been a year and you process a lot of your grief, then you can make a better decision on what changes you want to make in your life um, and, and which ones you want to keep. So does that answer your question? Yeah, that's a good advice, I think, is to have things sort of calm down, lay low, and not do anything too stressful until you're sure you can handle it. Because, like you said, you can get into things like panic attacks and stuff if you stress out too much about it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so how do you do this then day-to-day -day for your clients then as a therapist? Like, what do people come to you with that they need to see you for as a grieving person? Like, is there some kind of, what's the most common thing that people come and see you for as a grief counselor? You know, usually it's not just one grief. Um, it's, we have, the older we get, we lose more people we love or, or more pets or, or there's also loss of dreams, loss of jobs, loss of homes, relationships. So they all pile together. So when a person comes to see me, maybe just for, initially it's like, you know, I lost um, my mother. So I'm going to see her for, for therapy. We don't just work on that because all the losses pile up and, and it actually does, um, you know, it hurts, it hurts the heart. It, it affects your nervous system is really what it does. We have nervous systems and every time there's trauma, whether it be from a loss of a loved one or a loss of something else, our nervous system becomes unbalanced. And that's where we're more prone to have anxiety and depression and health issues. Yeah, so it's good to help them with everything that is coming to them at once, right? So it's, they may think it's one thing that they're focusing on, but are you able to pick up on other things when they come in? So say you're linking the mediumship abilities with your uh, therapy abilities. So. Um, are you able to sense if they're having other issues besides that one thing that they came in for? Well, I don't, as a therapist, I don't combine mediumship. I, I just work as a therapist, but I let people know that I'm an intuitive. I'm an energy worker. So I obviously am highly intuitive, but I always ask people for a, a history. I will ask them. Um, and sometimes people don't tell me everything at first because they don't remember or just because it's too personal. But eventually my intuition will guide us. I will ask the right question and eventually the person will go there. It takes trust. If you think about it, when you first meet someone to tell everyone, tell someone your deepest, darkest secrets and your saddest times. So I understand that at first, when someone first meets me, it's going to be on one level, but eventually we'll, we'll get there. So it's, it's a relationship. 
How do you that's really the wrong yeah. way to uh-huh. Yeah, sorry. How do you deal with that day to day with clients and if they're is it like a process? Do you have to work with them like more often to get their trust to make them open up and do you have like a certain level that you work on at the first or like do you start at one level then kind of build it up from there or it, it just depends it's always at first i i say why are you here why did you come to therapy what brings you here um and like i said it's it's one thing or but it could be multiple things and then we get the history and then i say okay what do you want to work on first and we just talk about it and it just kind of like is like a book opening up and so one chapter then the other and it does take uh i think um like practice or finesse from my part to not be interrogating but more like it's definitely led by the person who comes so if you're my client you're going to lead the therapy i'm just kind of the guide yeah. Do you find that your guides work a lot with you as well? Do you have guides that help you out when you do that kind of work? Oh, I have so many guides. Um, I think it's my soul's intuition. I, I just, because I'm working with them and I'm trying to help them, I'm merged with them. My soul is merging with, merged with them. And so I will know things. I will know things that maybe they're not ready yet to tell me, but then I'll wait till they're ready. Um, I'm an empath, so I can feel what they're feeling when I connect with people. So yeah, so it, it, it's, it's hard for me. That's hard for me to turn on and off um, when I'm working as far as my empathy and my, my soul kind of telling me what, what, as far as guides, usually my guides are more for the mediumship. I think they work with me more mediumship wise for, for as a therapist, it's my soul telling, like telling me what's going on. So I wanted to ask you one question as well. Um, I think we talked about it off the air there, but um, when people are in this field, in the paranormal, they tend to uh, reach out to um, people that may have passed in their recent life, say a family member passed away and they're using the paranormal as a tool to try to reach back to them. Um, But they haven't gone through that actual graving process yet um, in the real world. So what, do you sort of have you ever had clients come to you that have said anything like that like have they asked you what can i do to communicate with a family member and do you often expect that family member that they're seeking to come through or do you get somebody else i've had clients um in therapy and also mediumship clients both ask me like what can i do to connect with my loved ones um and what I always tell them is, you know, at first you you may not pick up on anything because your the grief is so intense. You know, it's vibration, right? So if I'm feeling really angry and sad right now, I probably am not going to be the best medium or psychic because um, my vibration. So I I tell them that as well that it does take time, um, but it doesn't mean your loved ones aren't there for you the second they cross over and visiting and 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 telling you. Um, so I I. I teach people to kind of meditate, um, sit still, also to t- um, breath work. I, I'm a yoga instructor as well. So I teach people breath work that helps a person calm down. And then I tell them in your mind, call out to your loved one and say, come close to me, you know? And there's a good chance at that point, you may feel their essence. You may not see them, or maybe you'll see them in your mind's eye. You may smell them or you may hear them. Um, 
So those that's one of the things I also teach people is that your loved ones are going to come visit you through signs as well, whether it be birds or butterflies or a certain color, a certain song. You know, tell them, give me a sign, and they're trying, and they are, and it's just a matter of you being perceptive enough to notice. Is there something you do with your work as a medium to help them through that, to kind of show them the way that they can see signs from a loved one? Is there anything that you can do to help with that? Well, when I do a reading for people, I often, um, spirit will often tell me, I come to them as a bird or I come to them as in the stars when they connect to look. So, and then I'll, then I'll tell them. So know that every time you look, you're outside at night, looking at the stars, your mom steps through and I could, and they'll say, oh yeah, you know, I felt her, you know, that kind of thing. So spirit will tell me directly how they, how they come through in science. Um, so I wish I could say there's one, oh, dreams. Dreams is a, a way that I often tell people um, that that person, you could connect with your loved ones. And just before you go to sleep, intent, intention, like I'm going to, I'm going to dream of my loved one. And I'm going to remember. I'm going to dream of my loved one. I'm going to remember. And then put a paper and a pen by your bedside because the second you wake up, write it down if you remember. If you know, if you can, um, that's one, that's one way that our loved ones can visit us because we're on the same. We leave our bodies and we go to the the astral plane, which is where they where they visit, and so we can really connect with them there. Yeah, a lot of the higher energy work does happen when you dream or even when you're just about to enter REM sleep. That's when a lot of your brain activity kind of links in with the spirit world. So is that when a lot of messages come through, do you find, for people? Or is it more when you're entering deep sleep that you get more messages? It could be both. When people are about to fall asleep, deep sleep, or about to wake up, that that's when I've had people tell me, Oh, I felt my husband, you know, by my side, you know, I was half awake, half asleep. What do you think that is? I'm like, oh, that's, that was him. You know, I, I also teach people. It's not your imagination. It's not your imagination. It's real. And pay attention to the goosebumps that you get, you know, or the hair on the top of your head going up. That's when spirits around you. So I do teach People usually it's my 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 mediumship clients. No, that's when they're visiting you. Yeah, so true. I think that's a great way to do it, and uh, I think it would help a lot of people out to know that that is real. That's really what's happening. So hopefully that will also help them get over things as they go through the process, right? Yeah, just one of those things you have to go through. You know, grief. Uh, so have you had any really interesting stories that you can share with us about maybe a client that's come to you about somebody that has passed away and they were having trouble getting through the process? Um, is there something that you can share with us about maybe one of your clients that was really interesting? So they had trouble with the process of, of... Of giving, like going through the grief process that maybe oh. you can share with us? Um, well, I, 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 I do remember I have a client, I had a client whose husband passed and of course she was grieving and we, I, we, I was giving her bereavement counseling and she would start to say, yeah, I don't know if I'm crazy or not. And she didn't know I was a medium. I don't know if I'm crazy or not, but you know, sometimes I hear footsteps. She lived alone at this point in the house. It was, I hear footsteps and 
and I'm like, okay, you know, what, what, where were the footsteps? And it would happen to be right where her husband, when he'd come home, the, the direction that he would, you know, he'd walk from the front door or so I, what I do at that point is I validate that their experiences are real. So rather than say, oh, it's just your imagination or just completely ignore what they say, because when someone says it, they're, they're kind of throwing it out there tentatively and seeing what my reaction is. And so, because I'm like, well, that, what do you think? And so, because again, as a therapist, it's not about me. It's about the person. It's, it's a role that's very different than like a, a coach or, or any other role. It's always about the client. It's not what I, so I, I guide them back to what do you think? Um, but I, I know a lot of people were able to feel validated after. Um, so that was one example that she thought she was crazy and, and no, it obviously was her husband visiting her. Do you find that when they tell you stories like that, that it's confirming for you as well that, you know, you're on the right track with them, you're helping them out and they're on their way to feeling over the process? Yes, definitely. It definitely makes me feel like I'm the right track and so excited to be able to um, help people know that this is real, that it's real, that their loved ones, because their loved ones are on the other side, like shouting or doing everything they can to make noise and feel me, hear me, you know, really that's how it is. As a medium, when I connect, they're so happy to have a voice. Um, so, you know, your loved ones are really like, hear me, feel me, see me. And so I want people to know that, that just as much as you miss them, they don't miss you in the sense that they're able to be with you, but you're not able to acknowledge them or communicate to them. So that's frustrating on their part. They want this communication just as much as you do. I want to talk for a second now about um, beliefs and different types of belief systems within the grieving process. How do you deal with people that have um, maybe a different religious view on things or maybe a different background in their family beliefs on what to do after somebody passes away? Like, do you help them with that end of things as well? Or So I, I always ask people, what is their belief system? What is their religious or spiritual belief system? And Whatever they tell me, I go with that. And so I've, I've had clients who will tell me that they believe nothing happens. Like once you die, that's it, nothing. There, there's no more, there's no infinite uh, life, it's over. And so for me, that's the end of my, I'm not gonna do anything else to try to change their mind. I'm gonna respect, because as a therapist, I have to respect that. And I do, I respect their beliefs. I only go further if the person tells me, Oh, I believe there's something else. And then they, then they give me, like I told you, like, but and I heard this. Um, but what does happen a lot of the times is people who'd had no belief system that there's life will get enough signs from their loved one. They, they start to question like, Hey, maybe there is life after death, or they start to explore other religious or spiritual beliefs that do confirm that. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I truly believe that's their loved ones wanting them to feel their presence. Do you get that sometimes with clients that they'll almost switch sides, so to speak, if they're a total non-believer, even in the paranormal, they might switch to sort of starting to explore a little bit? I do. I have. I have. And and they'll and, and one of the things they'll tell me is like, you know, not everyone knows this, but but I do believe or the experiences that they experience, the paranormal experiences, not 
everyone knows about it because they're kind of so embarrassed or think it's they're going to be laughed at. So, um, but it, but they believe now or are they're open to belief. So. Well, sometimes yeah. it takes. And I eight. recommend books often. Yeah. I'll often say, "Well, why don't you read this book? What do you What do you think about that?" And then that's kind of just to see how their minds kind of see there's other possibilities. Yeah, I was just gonna say sometimes it takes like a um, traumatic event in somebody's life to make them see different ways of doing things, right? So they might be so brought up or so um, when they've been growing up in their family life or their professional life as well that they're so one-sided or they're so blinded they can't see anything else besides what they've been taught so um, sometimes it does take something traumatic for them to open their eyes and see well maybe there is something else out there absolutely yeah so what's been one of the biggest changes in your life since uh you started doing uh, grief counseling along with mediumship what has changed in your life and the better for you um well, I, I just have such a joy for what I do as far as proving that there is no death and helping people who are, who believe that they're, oh, even people who know there is no death, they, you're still going to grieve. But I, just, I think just helping people who are hurting, um, losing the loss of their loved one. I, I just, I, I feel a lot of joy in helping in the healing process and facilitating that. Um, yeah. whether I'm doing mediumship or as a therapist. Yeah, no, that goes hand in hand. That's why I was so interested in having you here today and talk a bit about the grieving process and how you help people through that in connection with being a medium because those go both hand in hand. But at the top of the show, I was saying, like, I don't think those things are talked about enough in the paranormal for, in this field. Like, people focus on communication, they focus on mediumship, but they do not focus a lot on talking about uh, the grieving process and what they're going through when they lose somebody or a loved one. So um, I think that's very important to start talking about more in this field. Right. Trying to find meaning, right? That's what mm -hmm. people are doing. They're trying to find meaning in the loss. And do they, do you find that your clients actually come out with more meaningful real, realization about what happened? I think after allowing themselves to process the pain and the anger and the sadness and all those emotions that um, eventually they find meaning in, in their loss. I would say yes. Yeah. And I think that's the most important part is getting through it and getting through it in a way that they can handle. Right. It's all about, like you said as well, it's a personal thing. So it's about doing what's right for that individual. So. Mm -hmm. um, before we let you go, I do want to talk a little bit about some other things that you do uh, besides the mediumship and counseling. You're also a pet medium as well. So um, how did you start working in the pet field? Like how did you start communicating with animals? Well, when my beloved dog Angel passed over, I missed her so much. I told her, we need to work together. So you on the other side, me here let's let's bring through pets and like let's bring them through in detail and um because when i used to walk her always lost dogs would come to us i felt like she was always like a helper so we do that now and so it's taken it's actually taken she passed in late 2018 it's taken years for us to be able to really work together and but we're doing it we bring through um loved ones pets and you know not just oh you have a dog 
conspiracy, no details that you will know without a doubt that your dog or whoever, horse, whatever, how they felt, what they're doing and, um, and fond memories, just as if they're a person because the soul is intelligent, whether it's an animal soul or a human soul. So that's really what it comes down to. No, definitely. I think that's great. We've had a few animal communicators on our show here in the past. So I thought it was really cool that you have that ability as well to uh, talk to pets that have passed also. So you're helping. Just the, just the last ones. I don't do live um, animals. I just do ones in the Yeah, no, that's really cool. So um, what type of messages do you get from the animals that have passed? Like, is it ones that have missed their owners or do they have something else they want to talk about or... Um, they'll usually say thank you. Um, if there's any guilt, just like it's just like in the humans. So if the if the um, the sitter had some guilt about their passing, whether it be oh you know I had to put him or her down, or did I do enough? That the the animal will come through. You know you did everything. I love you and and I used to love when we did this and 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 their energy is so high. That's why my voice even changes as I just think about. I mean, they're just so pure love animals. They're, they're not the same as humans. We vibrate, they vibrate much higher. Um, and so they're, they're, they always, they're coming for healing as well. They help heal the, their hearts of their, their parents here. So another thing too, before we let you go today, uh, you were telling me you have started doing a bit of artistry, some spirit drawings. Um, do you want to share a little bit about that before we let you go today? Sure. So I, I'm not an artist, um, but a year ago I had a vision. I was doing spirit art. And so six months ago, I started drawing for spirit. So what that means is that somehow, in, in addition to the mediumship readings that I give, I'm drawing um, people's loved ones. And it could be their grandparents, but it could be any age. It, so sometimes they're recognized, sometimes they're not. Um, but it definitely is an amazement and I'm in awe of this because I've only been doing this six months. And if you knew me well, you knew I'm not an artist. Um, and I'm all, and I also could draw this, your spirit, people's spirit guides and angels. Um, I've been giving spirit guides and angel readings my whole life. That's something I have always done, but now I could, I'm drawing their guides as well and giving messages. That's really cool because somebody comes in for counseling, they can also do that with you and have a little confirmation of who they're talking to. So, for for the for the mediumship reading or psychic reading, yes, therapy, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about before we end the uh, show I today? Did write a book. I did write a book for grief. So, th those of you who are grieving, I combine my knowledge as a therapist, as a medium, and as a yoga instructor. To help people and I do a 12 step there's a 12 step process that I I talk about to help people through grief and it's called deathless a guide through grief cool and uh where can they get that through you or do they have to go online or? amazon and barnesandnoble.com so it's on amazon and barnesandnoble 
Okay, so we highly recommend that anybody watching can go check that out if they're interested, and we'll put the link in the description as well for anybody that wants to uh, go check out uh, your book as well. So thank you, Jennifer, so much for coming on the show today. It's been so wonderful to talk about this topic because, like I've said in uh, the top of the show here, like it's something that I don't feel is talked about a lot in this field. But I really feel a strong connection that it should be, and it should be brought forward a lot more as a connection to the paranormal field. Like a lot of people try to do mediumship as a connection to spirit, but it's really important to talk about that grieving process as well if you have lost somebody that's close to you that you want to communicate with. So once you start grieving, you can properly communicate, I think, with that person. So, yeah. 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 Well, thank, thank you. you. No, thank you so much for taking time today for being here on Haunting Live. I really appreciate it, and it was wonderful having you as a guest, and uh, definitely have to have you back on to talk about some more stuff someday. So, Thank you so much. And uh, that was Jennifer joining us today on Haunting Live Podcast, uh, talking about a sensitive topic, uh, something that we haven't had on the show here uh, really before and something I wanted to talk about uh, with a specialist like her and that is uh, grief and dealing with death and so something that does happen in everybody's life is something that we cannot escape ourselves either so it's really important that uh, we be able to talk about that especially in this field of the paranormal and being open about that type of topic not just paranormal is not just about communicating the spirit it's not just about investigating it's about dealing with the uh, grieving process as well especially if you have lost somebody uh, that has been close to you so um, thank you so much for everybody tuning in today i hope you enjoyed our topic today and uh, thank you again to jennifer for joining us she is a grief therapist uh, she does a lot of other things as well such as being an intuitive and a medium she does pet communication as well uh, once in the past so uh thank her for being on and uh, it was wonderful to talk to her about this topic today here on haunting live podcast but thank you guys so much for tuning in today we really appreciate you guys subscribing to our channel we've had a lot of people subscribing lately so that's wonderful we have passed our goal of 500 subscribers which is wonderful and we do have a contest open right now if you go onto our facebook page there is a post there uh you guys can check out our contest that we have running up until the end of this month uh, if you guys subscribe to our channel, leave a comment on the post that is on our Facebook for the contest. We will pick a winner on the end of this month and give you guys a prize out of our merch store here at Haunted Night Podcast, where we carry a bunch of different things in the paranormal field, such as smudging materials, crystals, and things for protection, and things like that here on Haunted Night Podcast is what we will give you guys as a prize. So go check out that contest. And of course, don't forget to head on to our website, our official website, which is hauntylifepodcast.com, where we have all of our past shows listed. You can listen to them directly there, or you can listen to them on your favorite podcast app as well if you miss a live show here every Sunday with a brand new paranormal guest in the paranormal field. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here this week. Really appreciate you guys checking us out this week. And uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new guest. So thank you guys so much. Take care, and we'll see you back here on Haunted Life Podcast. Um, and began working with healing of the land, and because it felt like such a massive project, started teaching everyone who wanted to learn.
from childhood, I would see spirits, and I just felt like they were the extra people in my home. I had a hard time like sharing that. Uh, I grew up in the Bible Belt in South Carolina, and it's just not cool. <laughs> or it's frowned upon. It's, it's demonic, or ooh, you know, scary. I've always been a spooky kid. Um, I love everything paranormal. I can't, I don't have a memory where I didn't believe in magic and the paranormal. I use my intuitive abilities to help people identify their inner self. So have a deeper self-awareness. And through that, I'm able to um, help them see different perceptions and different um, belief systems that might be preventing them, you know, exploring their journey.